Are you recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are recording oh, now. It's B-roll. Oh, hey. fuck. At least when I did it, I had the volume going through my headphones. Yeah, I'll volume your fucking headphones, guy. <laughs> yeah. Don't try yeah. me a good time. Yeah, get in there. Come on. Let him Log on. into my headphones. Left ear, please. Yeah, I'm thirsty. I'll be right back. <laughs> Freaking dude. All right, get on it. We're recording, and then he goes and get, get on some it. drink. Hurry, right back. hurry, right back. hurry, hurry. Welcome to Built Sideways Season 3, Episode Quattro 4, right? We're in the thick of it at this point, so it's hard to kind of differentiate between what episode is what these days. Uh, I am your host for, for this specific one, uh, Chris Pabs, uh, alongside uh, the usual Motley crew. Uh, you got Kyle, Coolest Gumpa Builder, ah. uh, Brian, Bro Builder. Everybody. And uh, Clip and Dubs, everybody's favorite friend. So, uh, I'm not Barney, bro. <laughs> you look both one of me. Did, did you have to fight saying it the other way? This is uh, why I don't wear purple. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so, uh, in this episode, I think it, it would be a nice, refreshing um, change of pace. Because so, so the last episode we had um, the the culture episode where we would talk about our upbringing and how it it influenced our. Uh, the way our, our we think about our art and our building. So um, for this one, I kind of want to do an off branch of that and kind of talk about um, an aspect of what we do, more specifically in the kind of the mecha building. But you can't technically do this in, in, in other aspects of modeling, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that too. Um, kit bashing. You know, because who doesn't love a good kit bash? Like who, who loves looking at one thing, looking at the other thing, saying, hey, if I put these two together, what the hell will I get? You know, there's a there's a very specific kind of art to it, and there's a, a specific um, a method where um, you find the balance of is this too much or is this not enough? And, and you know, let's talk about like the intricacies of it because I think we have, you know, out of the four of us, at least three of you guys are very big into into kit bashing. So um, why don't we get into it and see see where this conversation takes us, and, and hopefully it takes us into some very interesting twists and turns. I uh, I did a seminar on kit bashing for the virtual SCGMC in 2020. Uh, that was interesting. What did you What did you talk about? Like, what kind of things did you? Um, you know, I had I found my 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 notes for it the other day. Uh, I say the other day; it was like three months ago. Um, but. Um, I don't know, man. I kind of floundered. Seminars are weird. <laughs> I'm trying to do like, I, I says the guy that talks constantly, right? Um, so with kit bashing and with that specific deal, I kind of just laid out an, a general um, definition to what it, it can be or is, you know, loosely defined. And then kind of went through... Uh, some of the different things that you can do because it was basically mecha focused and I went into a little bit of what 
I do or my my own personal kind of philosophies behind uh, reasoning behind selection of different parts for, you know, making your thing into the, a thing you want it to be, whatever it might be. Um, I think that that's why they had me do it. I think that I just kind of like was like, I think I selected it from a list. It was like something I wanted to talk about was already chosen. I wanted to talk about my sorry, mold making and casting is what I wanted to talk about. But uh, somebody else did that. So I was like, I can get bash. And uh, but no, I mean, I use it in a lot of my different models. Uh, actually, every almost every fucking model I use a little bit of kit bashing in. It seems like weird. So the, the question I want to throw at you guys um, is like, so, I mean, any, anybody can fucking, you know, for example, take a high new and put abs on it. Right. Like that's that's why would you want to, though? Well, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know why it's done, but some people some some people do it. Um, but like in terms of of finding like the right kit or the right part for the right kit to make it look cohesive and part of of uh, of it when it originally is not like like how did you guys go about learning that how did you find learning you know what did, what kind of uh, hurdles did you did you uh, overcome what was the what was the original wall that that you guys hit that you're like well okay this doesn't look quite right what am I doing wrong here like what is it that um what is it that that you guys uh, experienced throughout you learning the balance of a good kit bashing versus you know maybe not quite so good kit bashing? Hmm, that's Damn. a good question. Damn. Um, How about no? <laughs> yeah. Jake, do, do I, can I refuse to answer? Can I can yeah. I plead the fifth? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how podcasts okay. work? So to be to be in the, to make it more non-specific and I guess to make it more more of a broader thing, right? Talk about your experiences in kit bashing. What what did you, what have you come away from it? You know, twenty twenty three to you know twenty twenty ten or whatever. Whenever you guys did your first kit bashes, like what have you what have you taken away from it? What would you what would you do um, now that you wouldn't have done back then that you've learned throughout all this whole time where you guys have been placing things on kits that shouldn't have it well i mean like so i've done so much of it it's like it doesn't i don't even think of not doing it um be i guess because i'm so versed in it um the i'm just looking right now i've got on the shelf i've got uh the grocer hunt uh my quato grocer hunt that i kit bashed on um the uh modified backpack from uh master grade uh Giradoga and the arms from the OG Sananju like uh not Sananju yeah yeah Sananju the red Sananju oh no Sazabi that's right yeah. it was the Sazabi the one that has like oh, terrible man. hands and no posability at all so I use those arms because mm. that kid is just crash and uh yeah and a bunch of other crazy stuff and like cutting cutting parts and the tank parts added onto that and parts from uh votoms uh kits and uh things from that just you know little and then little greebly scratch built greeblies and shit like that just like you know um it's i don't know like for me that just like and i yeah scratch built or not scratch built but i i kit bash built scratch bash mm-hmm. how do you what do you do <laughs> like the seat and like i don't know bash it's crash. Like, yeah or like uh mozuko uh mozoku sorry i always say it wrong the demon lord that i built for omc uh 2020 is made entirely of parts from other robots 
It has like the legs from some weird random thing that I got out of the bash box that was floating around from Brandon from all those years ago. And um, I used arms from a Kotobukiya kit that just became forearms. And then the shoulders were made out of the binders from um, a excess. And the legs are made out of parts from a bunch of different models that are all just put together, you know, in concert to make the thing. The spine of the model is made out of a stack of uh, shoulders from the Talgis, you know, that I've made a, a spine out of by running, you know, armature wired on the center and then packing it all out with um, with like epoxy putty and stuff just to build it and sculpt it all out. But that's just like I just kind of see things that way. Like I'm always taking things apart in my head and putting things together. Like if I am bored, if I'm sitting on the train and I'm like whatever I'm listening to in music and whatever, if I'm just like kind of like idle, I take things apart on the train or I fix problems. If I see something that's wrong, I'm like, how would I fix that? And I would think about how the thing is put together and how I would take it apart and repair the, the damage or remake a part or something to be more aesthetically pleasing. Like if there's two lines that don't meet up on, on pieces of panel or something like that. And that's just cause like my brain is always like a bunch of bugs just like eating away. And, and so I give them things to do so that they don't hurt. That reminds me of uh, that movie with the train in the snow. Snowpiercer? Yeah. Eating your little protein bars. What? Yeah. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Oh, but even like even the hoverbug, you know, and that's like a, a VW one to 24 scale. It's a car, an automotive car, but I put a bunch of mecha parts on it and I modified a bunch of shit and I smoothed it all out and I made it all sexy. And it looks like a science fiction model now, even though it was a 1956 VW bug. You know, it's just an avenue. It's a path. It's a help, a way to get from point A to point B. Um, like you can scratch build anything or everything you want, you know, but I don't know. It's just this is a different kind of like style, you know, isn't it, guys? I don't know. I'm talking a lot. Somebody talk. No, I agree with you, Brian. I, I OK, so kind of piggyback off of you said kind of, I think I'm probably the least in creativity when it comes to kit bashing. I, I make it work. I And I'm with Brian. I feel like just building a kit and then throwing some greeblies on it isn't enough to get you where you want to go, especially since most of the kits I grab, I, there's something wrong with it. I just don't like it the way it is. And so I feel like, okay, I want to shape this part or I want to grab this piece and build it up to this and all that. Um, but to kind of tie back to Pavs's question, the, the, the nitty gritty um, general question, you know, one of the things that I kind of wish I took away early on that I know now is don't be afraid to cut parts and don't be afraid to use putty like putty has been a seamless way of like reshaping parts giving a part a different profile building out thickness and stuff like that. and then not being afraid to cut a part that i'm like oh i just want to glue it on the way it is but it's like it doesn't just work the way it is though is there's something off about it like well if i cut this section or i sand this back or I trim off this and then take this little section in the middle and then throw the rest of it out you know um that was something i i guess i did kind of embrace that early on but I feel like it's good thought process to have. Like, don't be afraid to cut parts to get to the part that you actually want. You know, it, you can always buy more plastic or you can mold the part before you cut it so you can have a spare. You know, I I think that that's something that most people hesitate when they do a kit bash. They just do plug and play. You know, oh, this socket fits in this socket or this part right. is integrated to this part, like the whole 40 or 30 mil, you know, everything's connected. 30 like, minute missions. Yeah. yeah, connected like uh, connects and all that. And Lego is like, 
if it doesn't plug perfectly, don't be afraid to modify that part to make it more seamless. And then that's where putty kind of helps too, because that could help make the part work better, especially if like in the terms of like doing a mixture of robotics and organics, putty is great for that transition. I mean, that's what I did with um, my Cerulean project, you know, and um, I think that that leads in Kyle as well mm -hmm. to, um, you know, kind of what I tickled a little bit talking about the definition. So like mm. for a successful kit bash versus a non-successful kit bash, a non-successful kit bash to me, now this is just my opinion mm. is when a person, let's say is talking about a robot takes uh, like a, a standard GM ground model style uh, Walker bot and mm -hmm. they, they just put a different shoulder on it, you know, yeah. or they slap a couple of vent veneers from the Bandai vernier set four or something yeah. like that and just slaps them on not really like and it isn't a bad thing to do this is what a lot of the initial kit bashes that people end up working it's with entry. it's, it's yeah. yeah exactly it's trying to put and i i have that i have uh, my uh, ibo high grade i did the one that i called the thunderball roadie and some of the kit i did that was a heavily kit bash some of the kit bash parts of that look really good other parts don't look very good and that's okay. <laughs> then you learn from that stuff. And I realized mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, like you're talking about putty. I wasn't um, uh, adding a connection to the parts, keeping things cohesive by adding in putty elements or filling in gaps and, mm -hmm. and cleaning up some of the areas that were kind of um, irregular, abrupt, you know, like hard changes mm -hmm. that, that didn't really like, meet well that could have flowed better you know there were things yeah. that i could have done so that's just like part of that that like learning process so that was, that was a semi-successful kit bash but like you know just you know, sticking a plate on the chest like ah, it's a kit bash like, now like yeah. so um one one lesson that I, I take away from kit bashing and it's it's something i used to do a lot more of um before kind of the resin stuff really took over a lot of what I do. Um, but, uh, and, and this is kind of like a, uh, what a lot of people do or not do, I guess, uh, that I've noticed is that don't be afraid to use parts that aren't intended to be um, in that specific area. So what people will do is they'll be like, he'll, they'll take like a, a foot from one kit and be like, oh yeah, this will be a nice foot for this, this <laughs> build. You know or what I mean? Like, this, mm -hmm. Yeah, this shoulder piece is a nice little shoulder. You know, I'll put this as the shoulder of this kit. That's, that's fine. That's a, you know, that's, that's one way to think about it, but you're also thinking very, like very linearly, linearly, mm -hmm. there you go, linearly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's, it, you know, be creative with, um, with your method for kit bashing. For example, like, I guess the, the two examples I can do, I, I can take is the Arc and Lancier that I did a couple of years ago. Mm, um, so boys. the, yeah, the, the goal for those two was to take the base kit and, um, essentially evolve the design, right? Not to make it like completely different or completely, um, completely, you know, kind of whacked, you know, whacked out and, and mm. kitted out to the nines. It's just to evolve the design, the original designs and see what we can do with them and make it more appealing. Um, and I took a whole bunch of different bits and pieces from different kits to be able to achieve that, um, that finish. So for example, um, the, which one's the arc? Okay. The arc is the one with the gun, right? So the arc uses, um, <laughs> the arc, the arc uses like bits and pieces. You made them. The arc uses bits and pieces, not only from itself, right? So the, yeah. the side skirts become the backpack, the, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the fins that were on the backpack become parts of the feet. Um, the, 
the antenna was also originally a part of the kit, but I don't quite remember where. Um, the gun itself is a bash between um, an MSG railgun from Kotobukiya plus its original gun plus its original tank that was part of the backpack. So it was like taking bits and pieces from all over, not only the kit itself, but other kits and seeing if we can integrate it into different parts of it. So it doesn't mm. necessarily have to be shoulder for shoulder, foot to foot, you know, chest to chest or whatever. You know, play with it. See, see, and you'll see this with a lot of um, Japanese builders or Asian builders on on Twitter. They'll take bits and pieces from other builds and not necessarily use them for their intended or original use. Mm. Like for example, Yamaneko is a great example, right? So right now he's making a what is that big green Gundam? It's from, the, it's, what the fuck is that one? I can't remember it. Either. I can't remember the name of it either right now. Yeah, it's man. like um, <laughs> to the I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, please do, Brian. But it's essentially, he's taken the, the uh the no 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 not the big Zam. No, he's taken the um the night the HG Nightingale right. He's mm-hmm. taken the entire torso piece, removed those, uh, kind of gutted them, and you know, he's taken four of those and turned those into binders, kind of almost like Shatri ask binders. What is that thing? It's from like it's not. Oh fuck! What is it from? It's I, I think it's from Crossbow. Is it Crossbow? I don't know. Phantom? So? No, it's not the Phantom. But we'll 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 get we'll we'll circle around back to what it is. Yeah, but he, you know, he's that's what I'm talking about. He's kit bashing those. He's using not only the HG Nightingale torso, but he's also like utilizing the uh, the, the shoulders guns, to be part of the the backpack. It's like mm-hmm. it it's a prime example of taking the piece and going, okay, well, this is a very interesting shape, or this has the kind of the base shape I'm looking for for a specific thing for my build. What can mm. I do with this, and how and where can I take this? That is a really good and creative way of 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 kind of um, thinking about uh, things when it comes to kit bashing. You know, yeah. don't be don't be linear about it. You know, kind of divert and branch off into different things and think about that. Just because a piece is a shoulder on one kit, it doesn't have to be that for another. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one of the biggest examples is fucking Julio's OMC builds. Why don't you talk about them, man? Come on. Man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why don't you talk at all? Man. All these fucking kits we got, all this plastic. That shit is a crash test dummy. It's like trying to stick Danny DeVito up Arnold Schwarzenegger's ass. <laughs> <They're> brothers. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> it's like... You know, cutting Tango and Cash in half and sticking them into Lethal Weapon. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Honestly, it just it, if it doesn't feel right, I don't like it. I'm, I'm putting shit together, and it's like, ugh, who made this? Why, did, why does this look like there's abs on this? I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do. What were you? What'd you ask me? OMC? Yeah, that's going on yeah. right now. If you guys want to jump in, yeah, I was going to talk about some of that, but I will later. Um, well, let's so, talk about your before you talk about the current OMC. Let's yeah. talk about your previous OMC builds because those are those are in their base form kit bashes. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. So, what was the thought process about putting what, where, and and what was the like? You know, obviously you had an aesthetic you wanted to go for, but what? Was the thought process of going, oh yeah, the destiny fucking wings. Let's let's turn those into legs. Yeah. Like, what yeah. was that? Take the Barbados and turn it into a torso. Um, it's the Queen Mansa. 
There you go. Sorry. Thank you. asking me how the juice is made, bro. Like <laughs> lemonade, yeah, lemonade. Shit. You gotta squeeze them lemons. Uh, it really all starts with like a story, your own headcanon of what you want. And it could start small. You know, you take some HGs and you're like, oh, I want a fucking Exia to have a shield and a sword or some shit. You know, you start making little things here and there and eventually get to some big shit. And you're like, I'm going to build a robot <laughs> that uh, hasn't been, you know, something I'm going to make. <laughs> Be a little story. Um, I wanted a quadruped and I needed legs and I got that bash box. It's like, oh, these would be perfect. I gave you a bunch of shit. Yeah, dude. A lot of a lot of pieces, especially if you have like a shit ton of kits and not a lot of space. Yeah, bash box is a must. I've got like so many kits I just throw them in the bash box and just collect parts. Like, ooh, this is a good part. I buy kits now based on the parts they have. Yeah. Not because of the base kit. I have duplicates of other kits. So I'm like, this had great greeblies. This had great parts that have like universal value. Like I could see myself doing a bunch of things for them. So I'll have that because I know I'm gonna get to building something like that. Like bash boxes are great. Yeah, they really are. Even take old kits that you haven't touched in a, in a long time. Keep some so you have some historical records, but Take some of those straight build kits. That's parts right there. Don't be afraid to sacrifice them. You can always buy the same kit again and rebuild it. But, you know, keep your painting kits, of course, because that's that's value. But the straight, grab that shit. That's parts. Resources. Truth, man. I, I see models now, and I'm like, this would look good in this. This would look <laughs> nice on that. I maybe need these parts. Put that on this, and that'll look great. I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it's definitely like it's a addicting feel. You're like, oh, that'll be a nice robot. You stop <laughs> thinking in like Gundam terms, you know? Yeah. You just start to be like, oh, this is a be a cool fucking robot. It's an amalgamation of parts. Yeah. To make epicness. It really is that story in your head. Like your head cannon will make some some dope shit, man. I, I wanna pick Yamaneko's brain and be like, what universe does this <laughs> robot belong in to you? You know? Fucking dope, man. I need to kid bash some more stuff. Um, Julio, let's talk about the the kit bash build along we started some years ago that we haven't been oh, keeping man, up with. Yeah. The the universes collide theme. Yeah. So we were basically the premise of it was one person builds the antagonist from two Gumpla universes and the other person picks the protagonist from those same Gumpla universes. So the first year we did um, Stardust Memory and Turn A. Yeah. So I had Turn A Gundam and the GPO one and Julio had the GPO two and the Turn X. And we had to put those two kits together, however we saw fit, but they had to have equal parts of each kit and it had to be like copacetic and it was Turn X Fenix or Felix. Um, came out great. It was it was actually very well done. Um, that, that's a, a good was, mash. Yeah, it was right. I, I, no, I rushed just to get it to. No, it, came, it came out good. It's just that the the Turn A and uh, what is it? The GPA. GPA one. They're, they're both yeah. just like white, blue bodied robots. You know, but yeah. You did a good mix, man. I really enjoyed it. Because I wanted out. to keep elements from both to make it so you still knew it was a turn yeah. A GPO one mixture without it being like you just glued parts together. And but also very early on in my kit bashing, like extravaganza, where I was really trying to not just put things together but make it make sense. 
Um, yeah. But we then the following year was supposed to be Wing Gundam and IBO. Yeah. I still got um, my parts, man. You I like, still do too. We can pick up where we left yeah, off. I'm, I'm down. So I'm the bad guy. He's shit. the good guy. Yeah. Um, you were doing the Wing Proto and Barbados, right? Yeah. And I was doing the Vidar and um, the what's his name? Fuck, Whip Boy, not the Tall Geese, but the one before him, the Epion. Epion, yeah, yeah. dude. I made him the Monster. We, we got to finish those, man. We do. <laughs> Such a great concept. We we gotta I, keep going. Go on, Kyle. Stop fucking around. We'll get, we'll get Brian and Pabs in it too. Then I Pabs isn't gonna kick bad shit. Look at his face. <laughs> you can use resin parts, Pabs. There's no dude. rules. <laughs> so, so I mean, I like I, I said, like I, I do, I have kit bashed. I just haven't been doing it lately, and it's something I really wanted to get back into, getting especially with um, getting high on the resin. No, not even that. Like it's just, like the bills that I've been doing lately haven't really been for myself, right? Like, I haven't really been yeah, you've been sure you working. Hard. Yeah, most of my bills have been commissions or, you know, like um, something simple and thing just to refresh my reset myself, you know, to keep, to keep things simple. Um, but, it, you know, kit bashing is something I've, I've really enjoyed in the past and it's something I want to do again in the future, which is why I, um, I kind of wanted to talk about this topic because, you know, um, once you kind of start kit bashing, it's very hard to kind of develop that skill. You know, unless you can you can you continuously do it which is why i was asking you guys you know kind of what were the pitfalls that you had experienced you know, when you mm. started kit bashing you know what was oh, it um what was it that really made it um a thing for you guys to continue doing right what made you passionate about uh building um these things where you're using parts that just they don't look like they're supposed to fit but they do <laughs> you know for me mm-hmm. it's always about it's my robot Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, know, I that. made that shit. So it's individuality for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do Makes love sense. it. Yeah, we, Brian basically made a calamity kit his own by kit bashing parts and Straight pieces up. to it. You didn't oh, have yeah. to. It's a great well, sculpt yeah. in itself. But you're like, no, I want to. I want to make it my own. I want to make it unique from all the other. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the. the that shit the was like two feet taller. Garm, fresh haircut, goatee. Sniper. <laughs> What the Briegel? Briegel, uh, there we go. That, that I was like the word, the name yeah, of it. Briegel sniper, the yeah. seventh, yeah, seventh, seventh edition. Yeah. Yours is unique. Outside of just having a yeah, different paint job, it is literally a unique build, and it's a lot taller than the regular Briegel because I all of the quality of life upgrades that I made to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I added more armor to it. It, it. Lucas' design is really good, but there were mm. some problems with uh, geometry and and stuff. Just just kind of, it is what it is. And I can't leave well enough alone. Mm. I think a lot of that too. It's like we talked about this in the the episode where we discussed proportions and, and silhouette and stuff like that. Um, quality of life. Like there's been many times, you know, what I'll do to a kit isn't necessarily like a full on kit bash or scratch build, but I want to get like a certain pose. So I'll modify the kit to make it work better. And in some cases, modifying it leaves too much visibility on parts look like shit so i have to add something in there to kind of spruce it up to cover up make it a little more uniform um yeah quality of life too like sometimes the kit just missing that that extra bit or needs that little bit of more mobility or whatever and that just you know and i think modifying a kit i, I never really just call it kit bashing kit bashing is just a tool 
to what I use when I ultimately modify a kit. Mm-hmm. I think it all kind of runs into a huge like thing that I call modifying it rather than just saying right. ash or scratch build or any of that. It's just like, okay, I want to modify it because I like the premise, but it's not capable of doing exactly what I want it to do. So I'm going to have to modify it. And kit bashing is just one of the means in which I, you know, I, I find myself doing that to, yeah. to get to that goal that I want. When I, when I built the uh, San Andrew Stein for the clean versus weathered build, mm. um, I used two Stein kits um, because I had the same issue that you're talking about, Kyle. I needed to, yes. I wanted to achieve a specific pose and I wanted a, a, a look and a feel to it. And the torso isn't big enough or it's not long enough for that matter. It's because it's uh, the uh, Verka, uh, it's, it's Katoki, right? Um, yeah yeah and they're they he usually has like really squat torsos really long legs like pretty long arms but really really squat torsos mm. and i love the sananju stein it's a beautiful kit i i have one i'm looking at it right now just chilling uh the first one that i built um and uh it's it's a it's a great kit and it at uh the the mechanics inside of it in the inner frame allow for a bunch of mobility and a bunch of posing until mm. you put the armor on it. As soon as you put the armor on it, it <laughs> locks it into a solid pose and it has no posability whatsoever. And I wanted mm. to change that. So I stacked a bunch of styrene up inside of it. I elongated parts. I made it so that there was greater dynamicism within the insert inside of the torso. And mm. I made abs, <laughs> except <gasps> I didn't make abs because dun, dun, I used dun. parts from the other kit and I scratch built some stuff and I used, um, I mimicked, or I complemented the design of the base kit itself and mm-hmm. made it functional so that it doesn't, it didn't look like it wasn't, it was made out of more than one kit or yeah. it was, you know, I have written down here. I called it, it kitception because yeah. I used two kits back in itself in you know, a Stein on Stein. And, uh, and I think that that is, um, a, a way, a good way to, or at least I feel like that was a good way, uh, a little feather in my cap for using, um, parts, of Gundam from another kit to to continue to you know make it better or make it what I wanted it yeah. to be. So we've talked about cool. using kit parts to make a kit different, but in your case, we use kit parts to make it more in line with its original design. Yeah, and right. More more mobile. of the same, more itself. Yeah, kind of. So yeah, sound funky. That's, that's something good to highlight because you know. It, it gives people listeners a kind of viewpoint that you don't have to just make it different. You could make it just better and it just be the same, you know, element of the kit. Like the, the basis of design is still roughly the same. You just modified it and then use some spare parts to pretty it up, but it never loses its charm. It's still, you know, a Gelgoog. It's still a, you know, Stein versus I have this new creation I've created that is nowhere near its original design. So yeah. it gives a choice. You can get that fork on the road and decide what you want to do yeah. for your build. And talking about the original, you know, your original creation, uh, the mm-hmm. original Mecha Contest, which is now live, started at the beginning of uh, February. Uh, we are going to be having an episode where we speak with uh, the creator of the contest and have a little bit more in-depth conversation with him. But um, the basic gist of that is to create um, through scratch building, through kit bashing, through some levels of 3D design and 3D printing, uh, mold making, casting, stuff like that. Um, to build an original mecha creation. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's an international competition. And it's just like a way for people to let loose their creative 
uh, side and not be constrained to build a Zaku or, you know, build a, you know, a, a flatbed truck or build a, you know, build a, j- a jet from the Cold War. Yeah. There's, there's the key word I was looking for this entire conversation. Constraint. People constrain themselves when they don't, um, they, they refuse to use a part from something else to make something new. Mm. it's um then that's what makes the the omc so um so special right i mean you know there are always uh there are competitions and 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 build-offs out there that uh encourage creativity and they, they encourage you to to try to make something you know as unique and as creative as possible but the omc actively be like don't we uh i don't want you guys to recreate any ips you know make something of your own make something mm-hmm. uh as the thing implies original and uh kit bashing is definitely a path that you guys can take to get you there and the great thing about it is you know you're not again constrained to just you know pieces from another kit you can use other avenues and other mediums to be able to get the effect that you want mm-hmm. um whether it's a a piece from a tank and you put it onto a plane or whatever who the fuck cares right yeah like, my my first build year i used three of those like proteins um protein powder scoops they use three mm-hmm. of those as the central core of the robot itself is that weird those things they don't like to glue to anything by the way yeah that's that's <laughs> uh the, the kit bash crap is what a lot of those sci-fi guys do they go to a dollar store buy a bunch of toys and stuff and then make a sick-ass spaceship out of it you know it's kind of where where that that all spawned in in terms of scale modeling um and then now we have a little more refined people will kit bash vehicles to make a different specific vehicle type or people kit bash gundams and to make it or in in case of uh, omc will kit bash parts to make an epic mecha you know um that the world is your oyster in that regard and depending on what your goals are there are ways to go about it i i think one of the biggest bits of advice i could ever give somebody is invest in sticky tack because you never want to commit to something until you fully thought it through. Because like Paz was saying, changing the orientation of a part completely changes its like how it looks, its aesthetic. And sometimes just five more degrees to the right, counterclockwise, you then get the perfect setup. But you already glued it at the original placement that you had. So I highly invest in getting sticky tack. That's been one of my most powerful tools when it comes to outlining kind of what I'm doing. And then... I can, it holds everything in place and I can look at it and go, okay, I like that. Let's glue it in or let's start tying pieces together however I want to do it. Or sometimes I'm like, you, I don't uh, like that. Let's keep brainstorming, but it doesn't, you, you won't commit to something. It's great. So invest did in you watch sticky the tech. launch. Cal, did you watch the launch video for OMC on my channel, on my YouTube channel? Kodokai? No, I, it's on my agenda to watch. I keep forgetting. Cam goes on and on about Blue Tech. <laughs> Blue Tech so. is king when it comes yeah. to kit bashing. It's yeah. the best. Number one tool in uh, in anything like placement of parts, resin kits, kit bashing, even scratch building. Blue Tech, Blue Tech, Blue Tech. Number one tool. I also use um, mounting tape, like cheap mm-hmm. 3M mounting tape. Yeah. Like the, the, the like this shit, the uber, uber thin stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. 
because if you have um, like so on the OMC droid build bus build that I'm building right now, there are mm -hmm. um, air verniers. Essentially, they get sandwiched on yep. and there's a, it's just all smooth inside. This stuff has almost no mm -hmm. no thickness to it and it's double yeah. stick. So it's really just yeah. like double sided tape super thin too. sticky yeah. tech. So. But this is not the tool episode. This oh, I is know, I know. the kit bash episode. Part Twa will be coming. That's in another some... <laughs> part of kit bashing. You need motherfucking tools, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. Helps, and yeah. sanding and sticking and gluing, eating, um, dancing, rolling. <laughs> you get the creative juices. On the other side of this conversation, are there any uh, specific kits you guys recommend to people to use for? Uh, kit bashing because you know there are some there are kits that you know you could take pretty much any kit and, and just use pieces of that and shape it to your will and be able to mm. be like oh yeah yeah this is it but there are kits out there that are just really nice for parts um, right. for me personally um, the uh, the Regenlays Julia is it is really, yeah Dude, you took one of the kit. top of my list that's good though I got plenty yeah, now it's fucking excellent thing uh, you know the the what are, the, the side skirts the legs the shoulders pretty much Dude, almost yeah. all of that kit. It has like like twenty seven boosters on it or something. It's ridiculous, it's like and they're all different sizes. Yeah. Oh man, it's so great. Um, so yeah, if you guys are you know kind of figuring out you know well, what kind of kits should I get to be to be like, well, this is my kit bash kit. Yeah. I, you know, I'll use this to 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 separate and give to other kits to make it look unique and different. Like I've used the Regenes Julia to to. Uh, I have two, two of them, limit. by the way. They're over here. <laughs> I bought one knowing full well, and I even have the the um the type C as well that has like all the other like extra armor bits. Oh, I have two no of those. Shit. Um but no a kit that I will highly recommend is the uh um XS. Mm. The amount of it's a harder kit to get, but the amount of parts and like difference in design, you've got curved parts, you've got sharp edge parts, you've got mm -hmm. weapons with all kinds of crazy details in them that you can like extrapolate from and everything. That is a kit that's a wealth of different parts that have different um, aesthetics that you can grab from. So like depending on what your build is, I'm sure you'll find something that's going to work with it. You just reminded me of my Sentinel build, Kyle. Yeah. We're kit bashing the uh, old school access with the plan 303 deep striker. Mm -hmm. Oh Jesus. Um, but no, my one of my faves for um, <clears throat> kits uh, parts is the high grade Easy SR from Build Divers. Mm. It's like uh, a, it is just full of good shit. It's a, a like a Easy Eight knockoff, yeah. but there's like three different Easy Eights in the mm. in the style. You can make three different models from it. So you have like okay. a radome head, you have like a regular Easy Eight head, you have a a, a like a gym head and then you have like a sniper head uh it's actually like four heads and then a bunch of different weaponry um and armament that can get snapped onto it because it's the way that that the thing is is fucking designed to be but it, it is mm -hmm. just like full of really great parts to use i use it on a bunch of different stuff uh, same with the, re the regionalized the uh julia that's i got that that shit is in like four different models right now i think <laughs> I even use parts of it on the hoverbug. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, so if, in, outside of specifics, I would always recommend getting an MG. Um, a because it has a subframe, which is great, like structure to build off of. You don't want something that's got hollow and just a bunch of clips. HCs are, even though they seem great for plug and play, in terms of doing like a creative kit bash, you're gonna have a lot more cleanup and tie in with an HC kit. 
So I always I, I never recommend that for early starters. I always say HMGs are better because a the parts are more detailed and you have a subframe to build customization from. And like on the MG Zaku, those rear legs can get turned in from regular bipedal, you know, that hinge forward to chicken legs just by reversing one part. And you get a completely different leg structure. Um, is but true? The, those are great because of that that one base, because I think that's one of the biggest struggles I've come because I've kit bashed a few HGs and boy, the amount of like cleanup and transition and just accounting for how parts are integrating so it stays integral to the, the strength of the kit as well as looking good. There's there's more required. So I think as an initial entry point, put that on the back burner, come into um, using MGs, especially if you don't want to go the rudimentary, hey, I took this guy's arms and then put it on this kit and now I have a kit match. Like, I think that's, we're not building Power Ranger Megazoids here. We're, we're building unique robots. I, I want to push you to be a little more creative than just taking parts and putting them on a kit because they sock it in correctly. You, you yeah. say that, Kyle, but um, uh, a Japanese builder by the name of Hugh Keen. Mm-hmm. has built a couple of uh, Megazord or Super Sentai robos using nothing but bash parts from, from different kits. Oh, he, the way he goes about it is a little bit different, but yes, I've seen that stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, there was another guy uh, also that was um, that was featured on uh, The Story or The Coup, I guess it's called in Korea, mm-hmm. um, where he... He took up a whole bunch of like different uh, Gunpla kits or uh, you know Plamo kits and made very interesting like sculptures like uh like a tiger uh uh, scorpion um like he would like you know he would take those pieces and make it look like muscular fibers and it was it's a very interesting method of um, of bashing yeah so if you guys have the opportunity i mean this was several years ago so i'm surprised Mm. you guys haven't seen it but it's uh, it's interesting stuff on pinterest um yeah who's the guy who made the 160th uh uh the he made the, the one yeah and then the um the core gun and then the other one with the yes is that who it is that's yeah who, yeah, Hugh Keen. yeah yeah he kit bashed and made a one 100 or 160 scale core gundam as well as a i think a mobile doll right uh mobile doll may yep and uh yeah. the uh the, the thing that the, i can't remember the, name. the uh the pod right i can't remember the name of it. yeah the burger pod or whatever so, it is whatever it is yeah so um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's many avenues of kit bashing that you guys can take. So just, uh, keep that in mind and, you know, try not to constrain yourselves to, to one method or one type of kit bashing. Mm. What do you think, Julio? Second, the best more? thing for parts is HGs in general. You get a shit ton cheap HGs. You can make some crazy shit with all those parts. Oh, yeah, small yep. um, pieces to glue to stuff. I've only ever kit bashed one master grade and that was the the Fesalis. <clears throat> I kind of had a, a vision of using HGs to enhance MGs, and that's when I made the the full armor wing. That came out pretty good. I gotta do redo something like that soon. Um but yeah, HG kits, simple, easy, smash them together, you know, you don't have to lose a lot of money. Really fun to start with. Yeah. Um, they definitely are. Some thirty-minute missions, some Kotobuki-ish shit. Like, oh, yeah, Kotobuki oh, is great for parts. Yeah, dude, mash all that shit together. I was gonna say, uh, thirty-minute missions are exactly what kind of the the the, the perfect base to start yeah. you know, attempting the kit bash. That was, that was the yeah, intent sure. of those kits too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people have made some really dope shit kits. out of. Them. 
invest in zoid kits the amount of greeblies and part sections that surprisingly go well like 90 percent of the um the dom bust is constructed from the the liger zero oh, that nice. i used to have i tore him apart and used him like 90 percent of the core structure of that that isn't scratch built pistons and other parts are from the liger so it's just the head on top of all the liger parts and then like two things from a kotobukiya kit so yeah, okay, Zoids, they are surprisingly a wealth of of great parts. I still need to like, build well. one. The, the, the one hurdle I think I, I kind of had to get over, um, and, and this is kind of in relation to you mentioning Zoids, Kyle, is mm. is uh, the price of kits, right? Yeah, so, so some kits can be extremely expensive. expensive. I mean, if you think about Zoids kits, um, the most the cheapest ones I can think of off the top of my head are like 60 bucks, right? Something yeah, like it's one of those Around dinosaurs. Like 40, but they're like the retarded T-Rex ones that no one wants. <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs. Right, but like, you know, the, I mean, the, you know, kits aren't, ex- I wouldn't call cheap you know mm, by no, any no. means so yeah. it's it's a hurdle to kind of think oh i'm just going to buy this one kit to or buy this kit that's like 60 bucks i'm just going to use like one piece or whatever you know it's like hey, well, look, a, what are you trying to at though. me these guys got back to ask you. they're not using those parts anyway <laughs> that's yeah. what i'm saying like that's a hurdle to get past fucking Faisalis yeah. was a, a pricey kit bash Ooh. oh yeah but yeah you went with because the turn x is much more expensive than the turn a was yeah i spent 50 bucks on that kit and i already had the Oof. um the gpo oh no yep i had the gpo one for a hot minute because that's what we that's what we built the design off hey do you have this you can i have this one all right let's do this and yep went off on See, that design and the gpo having, uh, too is pricey yeah and then having the same like these group builds that julio and have that's also a great incentive like if you have someone to do it with and bounce ideas off of and have like a motivating thing to kind of like really get you in that zone rather than feeling like a chore but like a, a fun activity um yeah i mean i think i think once you do it and you do it well that's what's going to just make you do it for the rest of your your modeling career like there's times i have to tell myself no i'm just going to build this kit and i'd be like oh i want to add parts to this i want to modify this i want to do that like it's itch that can't that just i have to scratch i'm like no i just want to paint this kit keep it simple because i want to work on painting not scratch building and kit bashing but it is so intoxicating just to especially even if it's just like all right you made a jester a jester but you made it your jester like and in the sense of like what aki did with his um you know just he, he basically took a kit took all the parts and then used the kit bash of its own parts to make a completely different looking jesta which i thought was an ingenious idea too which i want to try that i'm like i want to just kit bash a kit with its parts which so, is yeah, yeah. so crazy kind of kind of relating to my original question mm. of um the balance of kit bashing like when is when do you guys think like how do you learn the enough is enough mentality like how can you how do you stop adding to something to be like oh well this is a this is looking a bit like looking too much or i'm over engineering something that would look better if it was a little bit more simple like how do you find that balance shit hard question well some of that goes to just general industrial design principles and sure. machine aesthetics um we've talked a little bit about ratios you know you're mm. Uh, your A level, B level, C level uh, design, you know, where your A is like your silhouette shape, your block forms, your, your, you know, 
the basic of it from a distance. The B level is some of the segmentations and various elements are are defined, and then the C level is that high end detail. And they all have to kind of like live in a, a ratio where you don't want too much of one uh, because it overwhelms the others. Um, and that is uh, a lot of that comes with miles, in my opinion. It takes time. It's just continuously mm-hmm. doing it, right? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind you of training your, your you eye. A method. Yeah, kind of in like a graphic, a, a graphic designer's perspective. Like you know, you don't immediately get the first draft right. Like you always have to go through several revisions and you keep doing things over and over again or keep doing methods over and over again. So mm. it's ingrained in your brain. And then you start to kind of pick up nuances that you didn't before because you were you know, com- completely new at it. Mm. Eventually you start to be like, okay, well, I can do it this way to make things either easier or more aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing. And, and you know, just, just continuing to do it just gives you that muscle memory and eventually gives you that eye of being like okay well this is enough or this isn't enough or mm. so hey, you're definitely gonna go through a lot of trial and error i feel like the first few kits i did i made to a certain point and i stopped building it because i just knew it was, it was beyond where i wanted it to. you know like oh shit and i really didn't have the skills at the time to go back and fix it in fact there's they're still sitting in boxing maybe i'll jump on them um but yeah you, you're never gonna get it right the first time but you're going to find things the first time that you did feel you did right. And you're going to carry that over to the next build. And then you're going to find more stuff and carry it over. And then eventually after doing this, you're going to have a system. In fact, not only will you have a system, you're going to have a style. Um, Cause I do feel like in kit bashing, much like having an artistic style and drawing and other things, you eventually find what you like most aesthetically. And you find methods to make that most efficient in that build and construction methodologies that are most efficient as well. And it just, it comes with doing it as much as possible, really. Don't be afraid. I think just, yeah, go do it because that's how you're going to find it best if you just go out and do it rather than are hesitant. Yeah. Get excited. Make stuff. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Scale yeah. modeling. Yeah, th- make shit. Like- <laughs> Like kit bashing is one of those things where hesitation will will not get you anywhere, right? Because there there are times where you, if you hesitate to modify something, it gives you the time to think about it even further. Kit bashing is one of those things where if you don't do, you just you're just not able to develop or uh, or learn from it. And it's it's um it's it's such a unique uh kind of method because it's 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 solely upon your eye because not everybody you know there could be one percent of the community or people who do this hobby that have kit bashed the way you you've kit bashed something that's what makes mm-hmm. it so unique so um yeah if you don't do it you don't train your eye to doing it you don't train your muscles to 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 kind of pick up the nuances of of what is aesthetically appeasing to you so just do it you know i mean i'm not saying to throw your money away and or you know throw your time away you know i'm, I'm talking about really kind of diving into it um, head first and uh, kind of understanding that it might not be successful the first time, the second time, the third time, but continuously doing it, you'll get there and you'll get there and it'll be, it'll be unique to you. It'll be a representation of the artwork that you're trying to interpret to the world. And um, you've made something that nobody else has made. And that's a, that's a pretty awesome feeling. My first kit bash went through like, four or five iterations before it landed well so what 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 made it that way though julio why did that why didn't the first 
three land the way you wanted it to? What was wrong with it? Um, it was more robot than fantasy. So that you wanted to do more fantasy. Yeah. It became way more robo fantasy after a while. It's like still a robot, but fantastical in nature. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic robot. Yeah. Fantastic bot. So when you like when in the the build process did you decide that it was yeah. not right? It, it was holding too many guns. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> a good sign that you're not fantastic right, but, enough. But, yeah. So were you like, were you close to being finished with the... No. I was just starting. It was that, mm. uh, the the Leo phage for the new type contest. Oh, yeah. Mm. The night you did. That was my first did. kit bash. That's not AEO. That was the first I've heard of this clipping knobs. Who the hell yeah. is this guy? He should put me on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember how salty people were that you were destroying that competition through oh each of its God. phases. Yeah. They had to stop you from like clipping those one too many so you can't participate in this event. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, fuck them, man. I don't care. It's plastic. <laughs> so mad for I should have dope. No, we do talk a little bit about it being expensive um, to buy kits, mm-hmm. especially now. Mm-hmm. But when I first started collecting and building Gumpla models, it wasn't terribly expensive per se it was a few years ago but like you know being an adult and having my own money to do whatever the hell i want with i got a lot of kits and yeah. you get really excited about it because you want to build a lot of kits and mm-hmm. you snap up a lot of things you know maybe you don't you know i think that first year that i was building gundams i snapped together like 40 or 50 kits and i customized fully customized and painted nine of them and i painted Totally painted 12 of them, but of those 12, nine of them were fully customized, like mm-hmm. did stuff to them, modifications, putties and and whatever, kit bashing and this and that. And um, uh, so those ones that were the, the ones that were done, 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 those are cool, right? And those a lot of those went to other places like the shops and whatever. And uh, but those other kits that that were still snapped and built and really, you know, built really well, I sanded and all that shit. Um, those end up you know, hanging around and you're not going to not keep snapping kits, right? Julio's got a big pile of plastic. We all got a big pile of plastic. Yeah. And well, that's okay because too. yeah, you get excited about a kit. You want to snap it. You don't necessarily, you don't necessarily want to like go ahead and go to the tits on every fucking model you're building, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just fun to snap up a model kit and, and, you know, and that's it. You don't have to go crazy. Yeah. But it's those like kits snacks. as they build up, what's that? It's like saving snacks for later. <laughs> in a way, in a way, yeah, you know, and I do have that. I have like kits that are stashed in, wrapped up in boxes or like whatever that are like kits that I am going to do something with, like mm-hmm. that are non-sacrificial kits. But I also have a bunch of these plastic hard divider boxes that are just full of kits in various stages of cannibalized, you know. Yeah. And that's where all those extra kits that you get excited about building. Like I was super duper stoked to build the Vidar, the one 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 hundred scale Vidar when it came out, mm. and I was like, "This is going to be the best." And I saved it forever, and then I built it, and I was like, "This is trash." <laughs> and I <laughs> fucking <laughs> sacrificed that shit right fucking away. And right now, the only thing that's left of the Vidar, I think, is just the torso up and the hands with the guns and the head. That's mm. it. And I think I'm missing the crown because I stole that and I use I tried to use that on the uh, on. The, the demon lord um but yeah so 
that's the thing. Like you, you get excited about something you think is really cool and you snap it up and you're like, eh, maybe it's not so cool, but there are still value in these kits that aren't necessarily good. So you don't have to just throw your crap away, your models away, or you don't have to mm. gift them out to people or try and resell them. You can turn them into something else. Like don't, you know, it's not a waste to, to, to buy and build something you're excited about. Oh yeah, wow. definitely. Truth. Buy more kits. But let's be honest here. About 80% of our listeners probably have a huge backlog. It's, it's a rarity to find someone who owns less than 10 kits in this hobby. Beginner well, they're not all, or not. <laughs> they're not all mecha modelers, too. So True, true. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. We've been talking about kit bashing robots. There is, you know, I'm sure a lot of the traditional modelers are well aware of kit bashing and, and sense of that because there's 100%. a lot of examples of people who kit bash like planes or kit bash, you know, dude, uh, any of your T-34s, yeah. mm-hmm. they're like, they're notorious because they were all, ki- they were re- kit bash in reality, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's, I'll tell you what, I absolutely but, love car kit bashers. Mm. Absolutely love them. I, um, I was watching a guy recently, um, kit bash a, uh, an R32. So an Aoshima R32. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I know, I don't know if they came out with it or not, but he had kit bashed it so that it had a Liberty Walk wide body kit, mm-hmm. and it is—it was beautiful. It was absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous build. So I am um, very familiar. Yeah, I am. I am very much inspired by um, by those builds currently. So uh, I yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of Gunpla, yeah, I think stuff like that is is super inspiring even for those if you if all you do is build gunpla okay fair fair, fair play that's fine but sure. if you want to be inspired in a different way check check some of these other guys out because it, it mm. will play um a hand in maybe shaping how you build your next build you know yeah so, yeah i got very much into that as well chris and i have my own little project that i've got going on the ken mary <laughs> skyline 2000 my uh, shit on the way and it's going to be a mess it's going to be a long slog but I'm excited about it and that's what really matters it's the 69 mm-hmm. four door skyline it's Beautiful. not the later 70s one that they normally make those Ken and Mary or Ken Mary uh, mm-hmm. it's not a GTR yeah it's not yeah. a GTR it's a skyline. it is a GTR it's a it's skyline a GTR. it's a yeah. 31 okay it's an RB yeah. okay uh, yes yes a two door or four door you said or Four doors. That's oh. got to be a. It's the earlier one. Yeah. Those those. Oh, okay, just just okay. just off topic real quick, and you know yeah, I'm not, I don't like usually go late, off topic. Late '80s skyline. That's why. Okay, I forgot those. Were I, I don't usually go off topic, but those those first generation skylines sound wonderful. Like oh, dude, engine yeah. on those things. Tell me about it. Gorgeous. I'm not talking about the R32 or even the R33 or R34. But those those mm. sound great. The RB20 is a beautiful, beautiful engine and sounds gorgeous. The first generation Skylines sound like nothing you've ever heard. Yeah, honestly, I like the aesthetic of that body. Like I'm not, I'm I know most of them chain. put the uh um your side mirrors onto the fenders rather than at the the A pillar. And I like I like that aesthetic. Not gonna lie. Like, yeah, I like that. Like a sack of $2 bills. What? I, can- 
Okay, so just to just to bring this just to bring this conversation home because we have been going on about it for a while. What are what are the things you guys want to pass on to anybody who's listening who's never really done kit bashing who who who's kind of like you know maybe jumping into say for example OMC for the first time ever this year mm-hmm. or a another build off or a competition that they that they have a vision for but not knowing what parts to use or all that stuff you know what kind of what kind of knowledge you want to pass on to them due to your experience in doing all this i want i personally want to let them know that darth vader is luke skywalker's father <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> son of a bitch <coughs> um hmm. shit good knowledge not like shitty stuff yeah yeah don't be toxic Give him a good shit. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! You know, don't be afraid to break shit. Straight up, you can always just put it back together. It's not mm-hmm. hard. A lot of glue in this world. <laughs> yeah. Time is is well. Time cost does cost money, but for the most point, it's free. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it'll be um, don't constrain yourselves. Like, like I said at the, at the very beginning of this episode, you know, it doesn't just because a shoulder is a shoulder on one piece doesn't mean it's a shoulder in another piece. You know, be uh, have um, try to develop your free thought when it comes to uh, the parts that you use and and the parts that you're thinking of, and um, don't be afraid to to uh, look up inspiration for people who you you've seen kitbash there's nothing wrong with that you're not copying anybody there's no specific style to this you know mm-hmm. just um take inspiration where you can um and then kind of take that inspiration and make something original make something that's you and then uh yeah see where it takes you and 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 like julio says you know don't 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 be afraid to, to break things because at one point you'll be sawing something or snipping something and, and it'll just snap not in the way that you want it to and then that's just another um another opportunity to learn how to fix something so yeah yeah brings you closer to being like an engineer when you fix stuff yeah yeah i I made a new thing and it has a new hinge and it works and it works yo my man kyle made a whole hand out of styrene that last episode (laughs) i talked about how i'm not very creative i i think in in sense of like real I took that principle. I made hinges in the fingers, and I was like, "Well, if it needs to be to move, well, I got a clearance." This I literally looked at it in a mechanical sense rather than like an artistic. Like, I want to make a big hand, and I was like, "Okay, I might want to make a hand. How do I do that?" Well, let's look at my finger. I got a hinge point here, hinge point here. Well, that's based on the thickness of the you know siphon. That's that's not going to work. So I need. I literally had to like engineer those fingers because they were movable at one point until I realized the uh, strength of that plot plate isn't all there. And it, it broke. <laughs> I was like, shit. You just need to be thicker. So I just glued them in place and made it like cool. But I say, uh, um, ending conclusion words, go, go bird watching, go look at all the different types of birds. And then in a weird twisted manner, mash those birds together like some weird alchemist mashing his daughter with a dog and make some freak wow. creature no in all seriousness though no, i i think how very um, island of dr moreau this <laughs> is no we should do i think is outside of like i mean omc and any other competition is a perfect example but just take kits you have 
and force yourself to work in that constraint. Like even though Pab says don't be constrained, I think this type of constraint is now you you have to make something from a limited stack of things. Obviously, have like a frame, have some some like you have a stat, you know, a plain figure that you can build upon. You know, don't constrain yourself so much where you just got a bunch of cubes and you got to make it work. I mean, like take a kit, have another kit. Like what Julian was saying, we took these two kits and we're forced to mash them together. We can't use any other parts. And by having that limited desire to make it work, your brain magically starts coming up with the solution for that. Even if it doesn't make sense, you're like, this part, where can I put it? It has to be somewhere. And you start putting it and you're like, oh my God, that works. That was back to what we, we said earlier was you had to build some understanding of how things work and a style and all that. That kind of forces your brain to start figuring that out in a very like limited fashion because if you just build a kit and that's it you, you it's already done you're not really restricted if no you have to make solving. something from a bunch of parts you're like how do i make that work your brain will give you the answer through trial and error you'll figure it out and i feel like little asterisk next to pab's statement about don't be constrained constrain yourself in a creative like put yourself in a creative hole in a sense that you have to create your way out of it. That's your rope. It's your ladder, your creativity ladder. Like to get out of the hole, you got to use your creativity. So constrain yourself in that regard. You know, like the brain grows under pressure. If you're just getting everything handed to you and information's, you're never going to learn or grow. You got to like force your brain to think, work the Yo. gears, get the rust off, all that shit. If you my don't lube up your brain, it won't work. <laughs> yeah, my creative hole is man wet. Yeah, yeah. Because he constrains oh, himself. Like so that's the asterisk next to abs is don't constrain yourself is constrain yourself in a creative fashion. <laughs> constrain your creative harder. sphincter. Yeah. Like force yourself to be creative. Because like I I back to that first build-off that Hulu and I did, having that limitation that I can only use parts from these two kits really made me get creative on how i made like look at julio's build that is not like you can bit pull out pieces from the turn x and stuff like that and the gpo too so you know that the two kits exist and one of them but the silhouette the whole statuette completely yeah. different at least mine that still has like a gen general like okay yeah i know it's a turn a and gpo so like, doesn't take a lot of effort got the uh got the people's choice there, the gbwc 2019 he well. did um and like that was fun because we only could use two two kits it forced us to make it work. So I think that's the one form of constraint really we, you know, I'm willing to support. But in the sense of like what Pat's is saying, don't just mediocrely replace limbs or do other things. Like really push yourself to be creative. Get in there. Stress your your noggin and your thinking. Get in there. Grab it. And go watch some birds. You know, Put your fingers in it. <laughs> Blue Jays are great material, by the way. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, Brian, any any? I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about anymore, man. Kyle's talking about bird watching. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I mean, he had a he had like a point, like he had a point that he was trying to drill, and then all of a sudden he saw oh, a screwdriver and started screwing something else. So, <laughs> that bolt's a little loose. Oh, no, you don't tighten that up. My bolts. Um, it must be tightened. Parting, parting thoughts on kit bashing. 
Um, I mean, the guys are right. Yeah, uh, definitely try not to be discouraged by something not looking right. And then, then and it's OK for things not to be right. It isn't a fast process um, per mm. se. It can be, but it isn't necessarily a fast process. So, um, yeah, it takes sometimes it, it takes, um, you know, if you're working on something that doesn't have a deadline or has a long deadline, uh, it can be helpful to work on other projects at the same time as working on your kit bash project. Because um, having that on your bench still present in your mind, but not being the focus of all of your attention is a good way in my experience for kit bashing uh, to resolve, um, I don't know, irregularities or abnormalities. You might be, building something or working on an aspect of it and kind of be semi dissatisfied with it, I would recommend just setting it aside and, and keeping it in your peripheral and working on something else productive because your brain will solve it. Like your subconscious will still be working on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, be patient and, uh, yeah. There you go. That's it. There you go. All right. Great words. Great words, guys. All right. So I think we should wrap up this episode. Um, yeah, I've been going for a little longer than usual. I forgot um, we were recording. <laughs> that's 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 great because you know, especially essentially, this is like a conversation between just all of us, right? So, um, yeah, and then whoever's listening. Uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully you guys um kind of take some of these and 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 make some great bills, whatever they are, whether it's uh great looking back for the omc or just something you guys want to put on your shelf that's unique and, and a one-to-one of of something that you wanted mm. to build for a long time um we'll, we'll catch you guys next time hopefully you guys wait, wait, once again as always perhaps before, before we do it we gotta do the the seminar of what was this episode kyleism oh god was there a kyleism in here this, this has thing. to be this has is to be the bird washing thing it has to be bird washing okay the bird washing thing was smashing your fucking birds bro this was difficult because i couldn't throw a bunch of feelers out there to jump up the work it was such a great conversation i didn't really know how to like derail us i'm like i'm just gonna grab this and go uh, was the bird. There's, there's a few things we need to say. <laughs> there's a few things we need to say at the episode end of the episode as well. For one, thank yeah. you to all of our Patreons. Yes. Uh, patrons yes. on Patreon, you you're fabulous. Uh, we are working on getting together these stickers and the thank you notes. Uh, they will be going out soon. So I will be contacting you through the Patreon about this uh, to get your addresses so I can get them all mailed out to you. Uh, I'm a mail-in pro now that I've been doing all the surprise mailing for OMC. Brian. <laughs> um, <laughs> We want to say thank you to USA Gunamsor for providing these fabulous mics that make us sound all sexy and savory. Um, so we want shit. to... Um, what the fuck else was I going to say? Damn it, Brian. I want, <laughs> I want um, anybody who's listening to this, and I encourage you guys, please check out the original Mecha Competition. So it just... All right. Uh, mm-hmm. year, th- year three, right, Brian? Uh, Facebook page. Year three. Uh, yeah. See, no, this isn't... This is season five. Season yeah. five, okay. Season five. Yeah, started in 2019. Started. No, 2019, 2020, yeah. 2021, 22, 23. Yeah, 2018. Five. This is the year you did um, Flea. 2019. Okay. Yeah, it was the same year I won GBWC with it. Yeah. Time is irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, it's a flat loop. So, so this year's OMC just started. It just kicked mm-hmm. off uh, yep. a couple of weeks ago, I want to say. Almost. A week ago. A week ago to the day. February 1st. Yeah. To this episode, oh, yeah, oh, we're dating ourselves. a couple weeks yes. prior to the episode. Sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would check out the original Mecha composition on Facebook. 
Um, see if it's something that piques your interest. Um, look at all the amazing builds, uh, past winners, past runners up, past, uh, past entries and current entries um, to give you guys some ideas. It might be something you guys might want to jump into. So uh, I highly encourage that. Yeah, I did a, we did a launch video uh, live stream with me and Cam. We are Jonathan, John Cam and Kaminsky and myself are are the hosts, the main hosts of the show now. Um, and uh, we had a, a roundtable with um, previous winners and with the judges that were able to make it. And uh, it's a pretty cool, interesting little, it's like an hour and a half or so live stream. If you guys want to check it out on my channel, Kotokai on YouTube, K-O-T-O-K-A-I. And uh, we also want to let you know that there are other podcasts out there that you can check out at modelpodcast.com. It's a bunch of other skill modeling podcasts that are very numerous. And so I won't be mentioning them all, um, but I listen to most of them and I think you should too. Yes. Highly recommend it. There are a great bunch in the mix. All right. And with that, guys, I want you as always to build it sideways, kit bash it sideways even. So we'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>